You are now listening to a Real Media Network production. Welcome back to Come About, a minute-by-minute rewatch podcast of Titanic. Ooh. I'm Mike Brace, and I'm here with my wife, Jenna. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah? That's me. Yeah, but I didn't do the minute. Well, what minute? 139. Oh. Yeah. I didn't, right? I don't know. I Man, listening. everything was so thrown off with. I wait for I my name. Text message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so like you... Oh, yeah, I just block you out. Yeah, but how come you pick up real quick on when I make a mistake? Because <laughs> I know when something sounds off. It's just like when you edit the episodes, you don't listen. You just like, when you hear a pause, you go in and delete it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, okay. So... Or, I was going to say, you know how sometimes, like, you, you know, you'll, like, um, you heard something, but it takes a minute to catch up, like, to know that you heard it? Yes. And, like, usually you'll say, like, what? And then as the person's repeating, like, you're like, like, I I already know this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I say what so much. Yeah, I say what a lot, even when, like, I don't. Because to me, like, what doesn't always necessarily mean, like, repeat what you said. It means, like, I don't, I'm too lazy to say, like, what are you talking about? Or, like, what are you, what are you saying? Uh, so now you know I know I mean? where our daughter gets it. What? <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> huh? You just, what? 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 <laughs> Even what? if you're not talking to her, what? What? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Three. What? Two. No, 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 no. We got it. Ahoy hoy. And welcome back to Come About, a minute-by-minute rewatch podcast of Titanic. Here we are at minute 139 of the film. I'm Mike Brace, and I'm here with my wife, Jenna. Mm-hmm. Why did you refuse to participate in that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't we do it right it. the first time. We were moving on. You son of a gun. Yeah. Now I'll just have to find another time where you were... Where you said ahoy hoy and put it in and layer it. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> you, we know how to edit this podcast. We already talked about that. You so know what, what you should do? Just find a beginning where you said it perfectly and then we'll just dub in the new minute. No work for me. Mm. Just change, like, just record yourself yeah. saying. 139, 140, 141, 142. Okay? No. <laughs> no. You know what uh, Nick suggested uh, a couple days ago? Mm-hmm. And I was like, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> he was like, you should edit all of the episode minute breakdowns. Uh huh into like 
the movie. Like, just put, like, take all of the, ep- like, minute descriptions. Like, the descriptions of all the minutes. Oh. And put those together. So it's just me, like, ex- explaining the story of the Titanic. <laughs> it would be so long. And then yeah. there's, like, sometimes where, like, we don't start breaking down the minute like this it's been a few minutes now yeah. where we haven't even started breaking it down and then like we don't there's times we, sometimes where, we kind of veer off yeah and then come yeah. back oh like, yeah there's been times where it's like oh we're like 14 minutes in and like still explaining the minute yeah or, yeah like we for- stopped explaining it and then we go back to explaining yeah. so <laughs> what happened in this minute though <laughs> oh i don't remember um not a whole lot Yeah, so they make it to, like, the staircase, and uh, Jack kind of has to give Rose a little push-up because, you know, water just makes you so heavy, and she's wearing that big coat. Anyways, he helps her out a little bit, and then they're climbing up the stairs, and oh no, there's a gate. It's almost like they shouldn't have gone down the ship. (laughs) Yeah. They knew that there was gates everywhere. Anyways, so they're like you know, kind of surprised by this. And I stand by what I said in a previous minute, that if they just kind of put their bodies into it, they could not get through that. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're like shaking it and the whole thing is moving mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways. So, uh, they keep looking back and the water is like rising so, 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 so fast. So the first shot, like, it wasn't, it was kind of, you know, still in the hallway where they just came from. And then a second later, they look back down, and it's, like, rising up. And then all of a sudden, it's at their feet and overflowing onto the next floor. Anyways, this guy uh, runs by, who is a worker, and he starts to go up the staircase that is right in front of the gate where they're at. And so they're yelling at him, and, like, he sees them, but he keeps going up the stairs, and then he's like, oh, bloody hell, and, you know, his conscience kicks in, and Mm -hmm. he turns around, and, you know, they're begging, like, for help, and so he takes out all of his keys, and he's trying, like, all these different keys. I would kind of think, maybe not, that all of these gates would be, like, the same key. Mm. Like, yeah. obviously, he could have keys for other things, but, like... Yeah, it's like, okay, this is the key for the gates. Yeah. Well, no, I feel like it wouldn't take as long. Like, it, it kind of looks like, okay, where is the key for this gate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I don't know how many keys a standard person of his job description would have, but he had quite a bit. Anyway, so he's kind of fiddling around with that, and they're like, please hurry, because the water was rising really quickly. <laughs> what? A little redundant. I mean, like, yeah, it's not like he's going to, Yeah. You know, yeah. please <laughs> hurry. No, I'll take my time. Anyways, uh, and then, like, one of the lights uh, bursts, and um, so it's kind of flickering on and off. And, um, you know, he's really stressed out and he's panicked. And anyways, he drops the keys and it sinks to the bottom. Luckily, it's on a pretty heavy keychain and it doesn't like just kind of get swept away with the water. Uh, anyways, he's like, I'm sorry, I dropped the keys and he runs away and they're like, no, 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 come back. 
Um, and then that's where the minute ends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's about it. And then I was, like, maybe thinking, maybe this is the gate that they were talking about, of her being, like, stuck on. Mm. Like, the coat gets caught on, and, because, like, it's gonna right. rise up, right? Yeah. And then maybe she gets yeah. stuck on it. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to read this article. Okay. If you don't mind, from history.com. Did the official, because, you know, we're looking at the gates here and yeah. there's, you know, investigations into whether or not stuff like this happened right. where, you know, where the third class passengers kept below deck. So I was going to read this article. Did the official 1912 Titanic investigations go far enough? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ouch. Sorry, that sounded yeah. awful. Yeah. It's going to sound great in the recording, yeah. too. A stunned world demanded answer. So did two relentless lawyers in the U.S. and Great Britain, Senator William Alden Smith and Lord Mersey. He's come up before on the podcast. Uh, when the the RMS Titanic went down on the night of April... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people on both sides of the atlantic frantically awaited further news the newspapers pieced together what little information they could obtain from wireless telegraph messages sent by the titanic and other ships at sea often relying on speculation to fill the gaps more than one major paper assured readers that all pa the passengers had been saved in the wounded wounded liner <laughs> The wounded liner was slowly making its way to Nova Scotia. It wasn't until the rescue ship Carpathia arrived in New York on April 18th. What? Yeah, it took a long time. No, no, no. Um, the Titanic was trying to head to Nova Scotia? No. Papers were assuming and speculating uh. that, okay, well, it hit it. It's close to, to Nova Scotia, so it's going to go to that because it's sinking That's and it's true. wounded. Yeah, it wasn't true. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> heading to Nova Scotia, but it was... Well, no, I think it was going to make a stop in Nova Scotia first right. before right. it went to New York. So anyway... Um, <laughs> But that's not what that's saying. Okay. Okay? Got it. It's saying, like, the papers were like, yeah. well, all, all of them have been saved, and now it's just, it's chugging right. along trying to make it to Nova Scotia. Yeah. Um, it Fake wasn't, news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. It wasn't until the rescue ship Carpathia arrived in New York on April 18th that fuller details began to emerge. Even then, rumors were rampant. Fortunately, for the sake of history, government officials in both the United States and Great Britain moved aggressively to find out what had happened and why. Their inquiries, beginning on April 19th and May 2nd, respectively, put on record much of what the world now knows about the disaster that the ship was traveling too fast for the icy conditions, that its design made it more vulnerable to sinking than anyone realized, and that it was carrying far too few lifeboats for the people on board and much more. So, uh, Senator William Alden Smith, a lawyer by training, led the U.S. state inquiry. He wasted no time in rounding up key witnesses, in part out of concern that they would leave the U.S. and return to England before they could be questioned, Smith and his 
entourage met the Carpathia at its New York dock to serve subpoenas on the surviving members of the Titanic's crew. Their Carpathia's captain and J. Bruce Ismay, chairman of the White Star Line and a survivor of the wreck. The inquiry began the next morning at the New York Hotel before moving to Washington, D.C. a few days later. Smith would call 82 witnesses in all, including four Titanic officers, 34 crew members, and 21 passengers. Their eyewitness accounts testified to the ship's reckless speed, the captain's apparent indifference to iceberg warnings sent by other ships, the crew's ill-preparedness, um, the ship's ill, the the crew's, what did I say? Did I do it right the first time? Well, I don't think you said that word. Right. No, the crew's ill prepa- preparedness. The pre- preparedness. Yeah. Uh, You're saying preparedness. 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 Yeah. Uh, the crew's ill-preparedness <laughs> yeah. in handling lifeboats, and most damningly, a mysterious nearby ship that refused to come to the Titanic's aid despite seeing its distress rockets. Um, Smith pointed the blame at the freighter, freighter sorry, uh, SS Californian and its captain Stanley Lord, whom he also subpoenaed and treated to a vigorous grilling. The report Smith's subcommittee issued on May 28th was praised for its detail and remains an essential document for Titanic historians to this day. His behavior, however, was another matter. A London paper accused him of browbeating, bullying, and baiting witnesses, particularly Ismay, who, in saving himself, had become a villain in the American press. Newspapers around the world called out Smith's lack of nautical knowledge and ridiculed many of his questions to the Titanic's crew, most famously, Do you know what an iceberg is comprised of? To which Titanic 5th officer Harold G. Lowe replied, Ice, I suppose, sir. But the New York Times, which did its share of mocking Smith, acknowledged that, for all his faults, he has brought out what we all wanted to know and had a right to know about the loss of the big ship, and enabled us all to form a clear idea as to where the responsibility, direct and indirect, for that loss lies. Smith's report may have also served another purpose, as one American magazine observed the testimony Smith put on record made it all but impossible for the British inquiry to simply whitewash the disaster as many feared it would. The second major inquiry, which began about two weeks after the sinking, was conducted on behalf of the British Board of Trade, a body that Smith had harshly criticized, saying its laxity of regulation and hasty inspection was a major cause of the disaster. Chosen to lead the courts of inquiry was Lord Mersey, otherwise known as John Charles Bigham, a lawyer with experience in shipping cases. What was to, what was to the surprise many, what was to surprise many observers, but now not those who knew <laughs> Lord Mersey well, was the surprising objectivity that the court was to display during the next five weeks. 
rights historian Daniel Allen Butler in his 2009 book about the disaster and its aftermath, The Other Side of the Night, even the Board of Trade, Butler adds, would not escape Marseille's keen eye or sharp tongue. Marseille also had the benefit of evidence amassed by William Alden, Alden Smith's subcommittee. When his personal papers relating to the Titanic, including his private notes on the inquiry, which will be explored on the history show, History's Greatest Mysteries. Uh, their contents, including two copies of the American Report. I just love how you're ready for that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> of all the things, I just nailed that. So, uh, Merce's Court of Inquiry called 97 witness in, Witnesses and issued its report at the end of July. While it covered much of the same ground as the American report, the British investigators paid far less attention to the human facets of the disaster and focused more exclusively on nautical and navigational matters, writes Wynne Craig Wade in his 2012 book, The Titanic, Disaster of the Century. How the Titanic was damaged and subsequently flooded was covered in consistency considerable detail the british report disappointed some observers who expected the titanic's captain e.j smith to be more harshly criticized for failing to reduce speed it absolved him of negligence but admitted he had made a very grievous mistake j bruce ismay got off the hook as well the reporting uh concluded that had he not jumped in the lifeboat he would have merely have added one more life namely his own to the number of those that uh of those lost <laughs> i don't know why you're 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 hovering and looking at you're just reading it uh because um whenever you say this guy's name who's say, who? yeah we I talked about it before like I just want to keep saying Mike. It's just mercy, but I don't know. Like I'm trying to see. I want to see it written down. What it looks like. Uh, you seen it there? Mercy. Okay. It could be. I don't know. The first time I said mercy, and then I think I showed it to you. And you're like, it could be mercy. <laughs> so it's on you. Captain Stanley Lord wasn't so lucky. If anything, mercy gave him a more thorough. Uh, working over than Smith had. In the final report, he concluded that when she saw... <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she saw... When she first saw the rockets, the Californian could have pushed through the ice to the open water without any serious risk and so have come back to the assistance of the Titanic. Uh, had she done so, she might have saved many, if not all, of the lives that lives that were lost. More recent investigations, based on the location of the Titanic's wreckage discovered in 1985, have concluded that the Californian was too far away to have saved many, if any, lives. Some historians still fault Lord for taking no action to aid a ship in distress. Well, defenders maintain he was blameless. The British inquiry's major contribution may have been its list of 24 recommendations for making sea travel safer. While the American report had made similar recommendations, the powerful British shipping companies seemed more likely to take them seriously coming from their own government. 
The recommendations included providing a sufficient number of lifeboats, adequate training to crew members on how to handle them, greater government authority over the design of ships and their watertight compartments, the installation of wireless telegraphs on all ships, <laughs> the hiring of enough operators to staff them around the clock. Many of the recommendations became part of the International Maritime Law in 1914. As to the two very different men who led the country's inquiries, both Smith and Mersey moved on to other projects. But for Mercy, Mersey, <laughs> the Titanic inquiry proved to be valuable preparation. In 1915, he would lead a, the investigation into another sea disaster that riveted the world, the sinking of the RMS Lewistania. Cool. Whew. That was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. I thought you were going to talk about the gates. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> That's the only reason I thought it was going to do that because well, there was other... Uh... <laughs> Me too. I thought it was going to come up. I thought it was going to be... But it didn't really talk about anyway, much of what they investigated. No. It just talked just about that they, did that they did it and that some people liked the way they were conducted and other people didn't. Uh, but I know that, like, that was investigated. <laughs> anyway, thanks for, I guess that should just about do us. Thank you for listening. Bye. See you in a minute.